She's a Super Geek is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. You're listening to episode 69 of She's a Super Geek, the actual play role-playing game podcast highlighting women as GMs. And hey, I'm Emily, and on today's episode, my co-host Senda and our guests are continuing our steampunk journey in Genesis from Fantasy Flight Games. But first, a note to all of our patrons. We're aware of the changes happening over at Patreon, and while we definitely appreciate all that you have given to us, we understand if you need to remove your pledge. Sunda and I are looking into alternatives, and we'll get back to you later this month. Our GM is the wonderful story manager at Fantasy Flight, Katrina Ostrander, who also helped write this system and the steampunk setting. In the last episode, myself, Senda, and our special guest, Miriam, all arrived at the social event of the season, Lady Celine's Gala, each with our own goal. Miriam is playing a common ruffian named Goalie, who has infiltrated the gala under the disguise of Isolde Humphreys. She's looking for Constance, a commoner born with the gift of magic, normally only found in nobility, hoping to recruit her in the fight against the nobles. Senda is playing Lady Allison Castleton, a noble magic user who's looking for an apprenticeship to enter the prestigious Collegium Arcana, all while trying to help the commoner Constance get the only other apprenticeship available. And then I am playing the Honorable Cordelia Scarborough, an investigator whose exploits are written up by her flatmate, Dr. Walton. But Dr. Walton has gone missing, and Cordelia thinks that Dr. Walton's estranged wife, Dr. Petrova, knows something about it. When we last left the scene, Dr. Petrova was grinning, as if she had gotten away with something. Suddenly she has an air of confidence, like she has outwitted you and you don't even, and she suspects you don't even realize it yet, but she definitely has a feeling of confidence and certainty about her as she lets her mask slip for a second and you see that smirk on her face. Well, I know from my diggings into Dr. Walton's things, Dr. Petrova was in, involved in some uh, unethical experiments which I don't think we've mentioned before, which is why I'm mentioning it yeah. now. Yeah. And that Dr. Walton left over something to do with them, either not wanting to do them. That's most likely what I assume. The reticence on Dr. Walton's part to discuss them, you've, you've been able to sense based off of her body language is partially like shame body language, but also like, sadness and disapproval. So definitely a a darker part of her past that she isn't keen to revisit. But Dr. Petrova, she kind of goes on. What was the last thing that you had said to her when you were kind of trying to goad her into making a reaction? Oh, um, talking about how Dr. Walton sort of makes things sound far more interesting through her writing. The humble brag, if you will. The humble brag (laughs) and the dig because you just told her that she sounded good based on what Dr. Walton said. (laughs) She replies that, yes, Dr. Walton has always had a a gift for words, but not quite the head for numbers. Anyway, is she here tonight? Oh, no, no. She had a a previous engagement, and 
Uh, she doesn't like uh, coming to things with me as, as you know how rumors go. I see, I see. Very understandable, that. Well, it is a shame I would have liked to have seen her here. Oh, yes, and, and of course, the, the, the wonderful bond of, of matrimony uh, is, is a sacred one, and I, I do not know, Dr. Walton has not told me, but I, I do hope for your eventual reconciliation. Baldface lie. Time heals all <laughs> wounds, as they say. Perhaps one day we can be reconciled over our differences. How suspicious are you of her and her words at this point? Entirely. Like, I'm, I'm giving her, well, Emily at least is giving multiple side eyes <laughs> to nobody else in the room uh, and writing down, like, everything. Like, she doesn't, she's not the best with numbers. That's probably means something. <laughs> if your character is already on the alert, you just get the sense that she's not being entirely sincere with you. Of course not. Definitely, she seems like she's hiding something, and you can't help but worry over what that might be. She is going to, at this point, say, It was such a pleasure to make your acquaintance, but I, I must... Uh, I have many other people who I must catch up with while I'm here. It is a shame, again, that Dr. Walton wasn't able to make it, but I shall look out for her soon. Yes, I just wanted to uh, meet you in person. Yes, please, of course. Um, th they say that the princess may be coming uh, later in the evening. Oh, how wonderful. Well, I, I ever so hope that she'll be able to make it. Have a wonderful rest of the party. I think I might go see if there are any, any of those uh, fine colonial cigars left. Perfect, perfect. All right, so Dr. Petrova then disappears amidst the crowd, and you're not quite sure whom she's going to speak with next, but she makes herself scarce after speaking mm. with you. I don't have any skills in stealth, other, in stealth, otherwise I would follow her. I mean, do it anyway. Yeah, you can give that a try. Okay. Why not? It's a one shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I get two green. What's the difficulty? Following her, let's see what kind of stealth she has. It's actually going to be average, but I am going to flip what's called a story point. So we haven't talked about this yet so far, but story points are similar to the destiny pool that the Star Wars role-playing game from Fantasy Flight Games uses. For Genesis, we don't roll to construct a story point pool. Instead, each of you players contribute one player story point. As the GM, I contribute one GM story point. So the player points are the ones that you guys can use. You can use them to upgrade a check, such as swapping out one of your green dice for a yellow die, or you can use it to increase the difficulty of a check targeting you, upgrading a difficulty die, one of the purple dice, to a red challenge die. All right, so we've got three player story points, one GM story point. I am going to upgrade this check, so I'm going to flip my GM point into a player point. So now the pool is entirely player points. However, that means that your average difficulty becomes one purple die and one red die. Okay. And I'm going to add that there's a setback die for this just because the crowd is large enough where following someone, you know, not bumping into people is a concern. Well, let's see what happens. Ooh, I have two successes and two disadvantages. The two threat there, I'm going to say are strain that your character takes as okay. you... Um, are shoved around a little bit. Strain can also represent, like, environmental stress. 
physically as opposed to like bruises and scrapes and stuff like that. So I have contributed a lot of anxiety to this crowd and it is coming back to haunt me. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of of anxiety now as people are watching the apprentice what they think of as like the apprenticeship battle. Yes. You are able to follow her without being noticed, however, with your two successes. Let's go to this apprenticeship mm-hmm. battle. This sounds fun. Uh, it does? <laughs> I didn't think it was a battle. It is now. Well, it's not a battle, <laughs> but everybody thinks it is. Cause it's a polite, it is a polite battle. <laughs> I honestly believe in my ability to, to get us both sponsors. That is the goal here. Lady Allison, how do you want to launch your offensive? Would you say that the magic users are like in, they tend to be blooded, so they're sort of in high society, so they've been in circles before. Okay, so so I may have had like occasional dealings with either of them before. Yeah, you've probably seen them at parties and either attended lectures if they were at a library. You have a, a passing knowledge of them. I've got Constance in that very polite ladylike way, but I've like tucked my arm through her arm mm-hmm. so that we're like walking together. <laughs> she's not getting away. Yeah, she's not getting away. <laughs> I actually want. Because that'll further help my cause, I guess, in a way. Well, it's I, like, I'm really trying not to. <laughs> as long as there are two apprenticeships. Now, if there's only one. All bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's my question. Are you the only two looking for apprenticeships today? Assuredly not. Oh. It's fine. There are two people here. We're going to get the two apprenticeships. I'm, I'm basically engaging her in like light conversation to try and get her to relax. Like as we're walking. What kind of magic have you experimented with? And, 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 um... You know, how has it gone? Like, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm in a very similar place myself. She admits that she has taken most easily to fire magic. She's nervous about it because there is a stigma associated with fire mages as well, that they tend to be, like, brash and uncontrollable and dangerous. And so that's just, like, to have the gift manifest in such a brilliant and ostentatious way is just not helping her in terms of finding a, a sponsor who's willing to not only deal with a unruly fire mage, but an unruly fire mage from the dregs of society. We're chatting. We're doing the ladylike thing. I get a drink in her hand and we're going to approach Magister Sartu. And I'm just trailing behind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you don't belong here. You belong with the levelers. I will try to do so in the most discreet way possible, which is not. Yes, I was about to say. You're probably not helping her cause at all. This makes me very happy. <laughs> terrible. So sauntering up to him. Trailing uh, behind like an unkempt shadow. I like, I'm like subtly glancing over my shoulder at you every now and then. Like, what is she doing? Like, <laughs> what is happening? And I just, I'm literally slash popcorning with appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to always be magically filled every time you look at me. That's because you made friends with, with a the footman. footman. Yeah. <laughs> he just brings you new plates. So we go walking up to him. Um, Magister saw too. It's so lovely to see you here this evening. I was so hoping to have a conversation with you. 
Ah, yes, Lady Alison Castleton, one of our aspiring students, I believe. Indeed, I very much am, and I, I'm, I'm fascinated to learn more. And I actually have with me Constance Kuril. I'm not sure if you've heard of her. I can't say that I have. Lady Kuril, is it? A pleasure to meet you. She's a very up-and-coming young, um, well, hopefully apprentice after this evening, is my hope. Oh, yeah, she's very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's really good. Uh, and I, um... So I'm, I'm very fascinated to learn more about the electricity that you're working with frequently. I hear that you did the lights for Lady Celine's Manor, which are so lovely. Magister Sartu, having been invited to discuss his particular <laughs> area of expertise, is going God. to talk your ears off. Yep, good. <laughs> We're making friends. <laughs> I think this actually calls for a resilience check. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> From from oh, me dear. as well. Yeah, let's let's do that. So resilience is based off of your brawn. I'm somewhat good at. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> this is going to be a average resilience check. So two difficulty dice, and for making your pools, your dice pools. If you have more ranks and characteristics than you do skill, then you grab a number of ability dice equal to characteristics, and you upgrade equal to your skill. So it looks like for you, Senda, you're just going to be rolling one yellow One yellow, right? Okay, I did it right. (laughs) So for Senda, you can actually add two boost dice to this roll because it aligns with your character's desire. So you're willing to, like, get through this. So that he likes us. (laughs) Would either of you... Uh, Miriam or Senda like to spend one of your player story points to upgrade your check. So if this has a positive outcome for me, I'm I'm my goal with it is to have some sort of relationship with him in terms of like him considering me or Constance more highly than other apprentices. So yes, I'll spend a story point on that. Uh, I won't. Yeah. So success in this case will be you've managed to maintain attention throughout Mm -hmm. the entire uh, feel. And so you do not get any bad marks in his book. I will spend one on that. Is that another green? Yes, in this case, the upgrading further gives you a ability die. Ooh, that's three successes and one threat. With those successes, you are determined. Like this is your mission this evening. You are not going to fail it. You are able to give the perfect uh uh-huh, yes, oh, how interesting, (laughs) at like precisely the right moment to flatter his ego and to make make it seem like you're very interested in his studies. With the threat, I'm going to say that it costs you a strain to do so as you kind of (laughs) weather this storm. How did you do, Miriam? Three green dice and two purple dice. I'll be rolling a black die as well because this is like really boring and jargony as someone who has no experience with magic. It's it's not something that you're very interested in. And the stakes for this roll for you, if you fail, your character gets bored and wanders back off to the buffet table. (laughs) That's perfectly fine. All right, so three green, two purple, one black. Here I go. The success is canceled out by the failure, which is what that X represents. But you get two advantage in the process. So your character is not able to maintain concentration. (laughs) But you keep your eye line on her. 
even though you're wandering back to the buffet. There yeah, you go. yeah, that sounds like a good way to spend the advantage there. Mm-hmm. And let's have um, Constance make the same check, just to see if she is able to keep up with everything. Oh no! <laughs> and for her, this is also related to her motivation, so she's going to get the two boost dice. And as the GM, I'm going to upgrade this with one of my GM points that I have in the story point pool to make this a challenge die. Ha! All right, yes. so she is also <laughs> able to go, keep up with it. She's not quite as enthusiastic as you sound. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking you might have accidentally overshadowed her with your enthusiasm? Yeah. Yes. Magister Sartu is very excited to have such receptive students. After all of this, he says, well, perhaps I underestimated you, Constance. Perhaps there is some hope for you yet. Constance just kind of, you know, keeps a stiff upper lip, but as soon as she can, she uh, excuses herself saying that she needs a another beverage and that she was very pleased to make his acquaintance, but she's definitely felt that sting, and she makes her way back up the buffet table and after downing a quick glass of champagne, she makes her way over to the servants' quarters to kind of get away from the party for a little bit. I follow her. Okay. I'm going to blackmail that Sartu guy into <laughs> taking her. <laughs> yeah. I'm only half joking. Like, uh-huh. I am willing to do that, seeing as it was his husband who killed his last apprentice. Oh, Oh, no. You're still uh, following Dr. Petrova. Yes, I am. That's the problem. (laughs) Goalie, you're following Constance. As you guys are following these two characters, Constance makes her way down into the servants' quarters, which is the way to kind of escape from the party without running into more socialites. Dr. Petrova is hot on her heels, and Dr. Petrova actually gets in between Goalie and Constance to follow her down to the servants' quarters. I look for that silver knife that I have, just in case. Okay. (laughs) It's a butter knife, but that's not very helpful, but... (laughs) Improvised weaponry. Unfortunately, even though you kind of hurry up to uh, follow the two of them, because of the twists and turns of this maze-like servant's area, the downstairs, you lose sight of them. And so do you, Cordelia. So... You actually run into each other as you are headed down the stairs, and once you get to the bottom of these stairs, you're kind of looking in all different directions for which way they might have gone. I hitch up my skirt to make myself faster. (laughs) I'm going to use my ability called Brilliant! (laughs) I may spend a story point. During my next check I make, we will count the ranks in whatever skill being used as equal to my intellect. Damn! And your intellect is four. Right. So that's that's pretty intense. This might be a stupid place to use it, but I'm <laughs> going to use it. Use it. I'm not sure what skill it would be to pick up their trail, follow them, and eavesdrop. This would be a survival check to kind of track track a trail and follow them. Basically, you're hunting them. Can I aid in any way? With assistance, there's two ways of doing assistance. You guys can do a combined check where one of you contributes the skill and one of you contributes the attribute, the characteristic. Because survival is a cunning characteristic, which of you has the higher? I have a three. 
dang, I have a four cunning. Oh, no. I don't All have right. to use brilliant, do I? I can just you do can the just check do the, yeah. with the same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cut that out. I, I don't want to spend that yet mm-hmm. if I can do get the same check. It wouldn't quite be the same because if you're using brilliant, you're going to be rolling four yellow. Oh. oh. Yeah. As Oof. opposed to four green if you don't have any ranks in survival. Yeah, just do it. Just use it. It's, good. <laughs> just, it's fine. It's okay. one shot. And if it was a knowledge skill check, I would have had something to contribute to that, but it's not, so. You can still contribute by adding a boost die to the situation as you essentially, like, follow her orders and look around and just contribute with your eyes to kind of help suss out where they've gone. I just sort of nod and I'm ready to basically turn my skirt into pants. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) That's called girding up your loins, actually. (laughs) Yes, I am girding my loins. So I'm looking at four yellow, one blue. And this is going to be a hard check. I'm going to have to upgrade it. So spending that GM point, that story point that you just gave me from Brilliant. Now you guys are back to full player pool for story points. All right. So I'm looking at two purple and one red. That's correct. And I'm going to say that because this is a survival check and there's no like mud or plants for them to be leaving trails on. This is going to have a setback die as well. There's a lot of dice. Rolling. Four yellow, (laughs) one blue, two purple, one red, one black. Yep. Basically a rainbow. Let's do this. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) I can help. Four successes and three advantages. Yeah. You're able to track them down very quickly because you're able to hear the precise combination of rustling skirts and women and men's shoes in a pair so you're able to like identify them by sound and uh, so the two of you are able to rush out and you're following the trail you actually are able to make it to the stables the stables have all been converted into steam car garages essentially but there are still some horses in it as well because they're they're just for sport While this is going on, you hear one of the chauffeurs arguing with Dr. Petrova. You hear a glass shattering. As you turn the corner, you see a puff of green smoke billowing out from one of the sides of the steam car, and you can catch a glimpse of Dr. Petrova pushing Constance's limp body into the passenger side of the car. And Dr. Petrova is clamoring into the driver's side now while the chauffeurs and attendants who have been in the garage are coughing and trying to get away from the foul gas. You see the steam car speeding away. Do I have time to kind of shoot Petrova in the leg? Oh, absolutely. With that advantage, I'd say for sure you can get a shot in there. What do I roll or not roll? So for a ranged attack, you're going to be looking at the ranged skill. You're going to have your four agility, I think it is, as your green basis, so four green dice. Okay. And then you're going to upgrade it twice for two proficiency dice. So two greens, two yellows. For your ragtag pistol, you are going to be adding a setback die to this. All right. And the difficulty, you're at medium range, so that's two difficulty dice, two purple dice. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Got five successes there. What is the damage rating on your ragtag pistol? The damage rating is six, and I have a crit of three. 
The way that this works is you add the number of successes that you generate on your attack to the damage of your weapon. So we're looking at 11 damage. And you're able to activate the critical with that triumph to potentially debilitate her for the rest of the scenario because she'll be running around with an injury. So would you like to spend that triumph on a critical hit? Yes, I would. I would like to hobble, like some way to slow Dr. Petrova down. So we'll actually roll randomly for the crit. Okay. You roll a d100 and see the result. Okay. <laughs> ah. <Ooh. laughs> I uh, did a head ringer. So the target increases the difficulty of all intellect and cunning checks by one until the end of the encounter. So I wonder if that was because the shot kind of hit the car too and like just made a really loud sound. So she, uh, you definitely deal her a powerful blow. You, you're able to shoot her in the leg. You think that leg is going to be having a hard time of it, and the, the shock of it, you can tell that she's really struggling to pull herself into that driver's seat, and as she speeds away, the car is swerving a little bit more than you would expect of someone who weren't in severe pain. Uh, I will follow uh, her and try to get a shot again if I can to slow or stop the vehicle. I would like to use Streetwise to do one of the most Sherlock Holmes thing I, I can think of, and that is run after that cab, run after that car, using my knowledge of the streets to uh, <laughs> to follow her, knowing she's probably going to the, knowing that she's probably going to the warehouse district. Question for you: Do you want to hail a cabbie? as part of your streetwise check, or do you want to do this on foot? Because you're, this car is going to be going, the steam car is going to be going much faster than you are, so it's going to be rather difficult for you to keep up, and you're going to be losing a lot of time. Right, but I'm not actually following the car. I'm charting <laughs> out the different ways in my head that they could take and going to cut them <laughs> off eventually um, to so catch good. up with them when I figured out exactly where they're going to go. Have you seen the new Sherlock series on the BBC? I have. Perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's do. So this is the, these are the streets of Steelheart. So they're not exactly the uh, the straightest or the right. most sensical of streets. So I'm going to say that this is a hard check. So two purple. You can do it. Okay. Hard is three. I have one rank in streetwise, and it goes off my cunning. So I'm rolling three green, one yellow, and three purple. That's correct. Do you want to flip a story point? Up. Oh, like I guess I, I can't after I've rolled. I should have, apparently. Because I got one failure and two advantages. So my advantage... You, did, you correctly figured out where they went? How about that? Yeah. And I'm probably trailing, like, what's going on? Why are we go? Why are we not following it? What are you doing? We need to make sure she's okay. Like, just behind this, this continuous backseat walker, if you will. <laughs> this is why I need Dr. Walton. I'm not looking for another companion. Before you guys get too far, um, we do have another character who's still at the party. 
So you're a little concerned at this point. I'm still the party. I was trying to figure out. I'm like, hmm. you probably tried to track down Constance when she ran away. So maybe you're tailing us too. But you're in a cab. But I might not even realize I, I'm like, I'm sort of torn. Like I look around, Constance has disappeared, but that's fine. Cause I wanted to set Constance up with Magister Sartu and I wanted to go talk to Magistrix Undive and get her. But you know, I think that, so it might take me a little bit before I realize that there's like a problem. <laughs> you know what, actually, so you have your ladies made. Beatrix. Um, Beatrix was down in the servants quarters when oh. all of this yeah, she was. started to happen. And as, she watches Cordelia and Goli rush out in this kind of madman's pace, and then hears the sounds of gunfire and cracking glass and the shouts from the garage. <laughs> I think that she send a message through Mr. Butler that she's worried about Constance and that she might need to lean on you for a different kind of help this evening. Also, that she thinks that Constance might have gotten kidnapped and please help. At which point I will pull very politely excuse myself from whoever I am currently involved in conversation with. I'm going to literally walk by Magistrix Andive and, and apologize to her profusely because I had intended to converse with her at this party. And it was part of my intent in attending to, to see her. And I want to leave her with my card. Um, and... And apologize profusely. It it sounds like um it sounds like there is a an an, 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 an an my mother has taken ill this evening and she requires my presence. And then I will have I will have my um my steam car brought round to the front. <laughs> um and um and and I guess first so I'm I'm hoping that basically I can. Um, be in my car, perhaps, like, catch the direction that everybody's going or the kerfuffle so that I can head in the right direction and catch. Somebody from the garage maybe pointed you in the right direction. Yeah, they went that way. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually uh, you catch up and there's, like, the panting Azold. But am I panting? I'm used to walking everywhere. She really might not be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're panting. <laughs> I pull up in the, the steam-powered car and lower these newfangled electric windows where you push the gears together and then it, like, puts the window down. Very fancy. Only the best for the Castletons. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking for Constance. It seems she's been kidnapped. You two were at the party. Perhaps you've seen her. I unceremoniously fling the door open, grab Goalie, uh, throw her in, and then <laughs> jump in myself, close it, and yell at the driver, head to the warehouse on the corner of um, of uh, Elmhurst and uh, uh, River Boulevard <laughs> Bakers, yeah. or something. River Boulevard. Elmhurst and River Boulevard. Yes. Deep in the heart <laughs> of the squalor by the docks and all the factories that produce the steel and other industrial essentials but it, it is going to set you deep in the heart of the squalor and as the chauffeur parks the car because as the the buildings grow taller and taller and the streets grow smaller and smaller and the thick clouds of smoke start to kind of create this orangish brown haze around everything those of you of higher breeding 
are probably concerned for the quality of your air at this point. I I pull out um, a handkerchief and I'm holding it over my nose. <laughs> More concerning than that are the types of characters that you see congregating among the streets here. Where ha- where are you taking us? Why would you tell him to take us to such a place? This is where Dr. Petrova has taken Constance. I say, are you sure? I glare at her. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? Who are you? I am Cordelia Scarborough, the world's only consulting detective. Would I know that? I sometimes hang out in the squalor. I'm usually disguised. <laughs> no, I meant would my character actually know that? Your character has um, probably heard of Cordelia coming down and following up leads with various inhabitants in the flats of the squalor and occasionally bringing mis- tracking down mysteries and it's up to you, Emily, as to what you think about your character, as to whether or not you would solve crimes on behalf of some of the individuals in the squalor. Uh, if they're really interesting, yes. And I say, oh, were you the one that had a fake mustache when you were investigating the squalors a, a fortnight ago? I, I don't know what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and my eyes just narrow a little bit, but I let it drop. I don't know if this fits into the setting, but I really, really want to do this. So before we step out, I pull off my giant skirt, which transforms, well, part of it transforms into a man's trench coat. And I'm wearing skinny pants underneath, along with like (laughs) riding boots. And then I take my tiny little fascinator hat and I like give it a wave and it pops into a uh, man's cabbie cap or something. Perfect. And I put it on and there's a fake mustache that appears out of nowhere. (laughs) And then I'm like, it's the exact same picture that she saw two weeks ago. And I'm like, let's go. (laughs) That is awesome. I just rip my skirts off and I'm walking around in my pantaloons and corset, very nice corset. (laughs) I am, yep. Okay, you're stuck. I'm sorry, (laughs) Melody. Do you guys have anything that you want to catch up on or get clarification on before we dive into you guys exploring the squalor in search of Dr. Petrovo's evil hideout? Since we're now in my neck of the woods, would I be somewhat proficient or would I know where the streets are and help with shortcuts? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're going to get some bonus, some boost dice here if you need to like navigate people around. For just for role playing, you'll feel very comfortable here. You'll kind of like be able to find people you recognize. This is your neck of the woods. This is your party now. Awesome. Lady Allison, I deeply apologize. Um, you're going to have to get out of the cab. You can't be serious. Do you want to help save Miss Constance? Well, I mean, of course I want to help save Miss Constance. Surely. Then you should have thought to double dress as I did. Or you can do what I do. And you see me now tucking all sorts of my various gear that was hidden away in the skirts into my <laughs> pantaloons and corset. I can't. Um, <laughs> not sure what... I could there be an additional pair of pants in my skirts? <laughs> Would you like to spend a story point for that? Oh, hells no. You can spend a story point, but I am not putting those things on. <laughs> okay, then I will not spend a story point. I hand Allison my dress coat that Daniel had given me and said, perhaps this will make you feel more comfortable in pantaloons. I'm okay walking around like this. You know, some of my fr- some of my friends work the streets at night and are very comfortable in this sort of gear. 
And I'm taking the coat. Oh, yes. You, of course, are referring to uh, Larissa and um, all I can think of is names from other podcasts. Quentin. Marigold. Quentin. You, of course, are referring to Larissa and Quentin, yes? We occasionally have a card game, and I let them win sometimes. I very carefully, and touching it as little as possible, like I accept the coat with two fingers and over my parasol, and then I just put it on the seat, <laughs> straighten my hair, and um, tuck up my train just oh, a wow. bit. Oh, wow. Perhaps the um, silk dancing slippers were a bad idea. <laughs> and I'm barefoot at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Those heels are just done. If this is what is required. TikTok princess. Yeah, the chauffeur gets out of the car and opens up the passengers' doors and immediately... Allison, you are hit with a stench the likes of which you've never smelled before. (laughs) And I'm burping loudly at this point. (laughs) All that food, right? Yeah. Ah, Salt of the earth. Pardon me. Better in than out. (laughs) Clutching the the handkerchief yet closer to my nose. It's lacy and has embroidered flowers along the bottom. I will mutter to Goalie, which you haven't told us your real name at this point. I think. <laughs> no, um, it's old. We're going to get jumped with her. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> we better be very cautious. Well, that's okay. Uh, I, I actually wouldn't worry about it. When she's with me, she'll be fine. Nobody would dare touch her while I'm around. I see. So what is your uh, what is your real name? And I wink and say, Isold, of course, but they affectionately call, call me Goalie. All right, Ms. Goalie. All right, Goalie, you feel quite at home in the squalor here. You recognize this block as being pretty much at the heart of the warehouse district, close to the river that is so polluted and awful that there are frequently fires that catch upon it. You know that this area is known for its warehouses. In the proximity, there's going to be a tanner shop. There's a market that, an open air market that meets here, not during the dead of night, which it more or less is at this point. There's a public house that is one of the few lit areas in this region, and there's raucous laughter kind of flowing out the door from the pub. There are the various flats where people live, if that can be the, uh, the term that is used. There's also, not too far off, there's going to be a tube station, which is how people amongst the squalor get around to other parts of the squalor. There's quite a number of connections that need to be made in order to get from the squalor to the more upscale districts, but it is possible, if you could afford the ticket, that is. Am I able to use my bot info knowledge to sort of see if I can get a short figure out through connections and stuff to see if I can find Petrova where Petrova might have taken. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a hard knowledge check. So that means that you'd have to scrape together for your talent 150 gelt in order to pay one of the people you know a, you know someone at the pub who is pretty reliable for this type of information. You just have to scrounge up the money to make it worth it or to bargain with him in order to decrease the price. I turn around and I say, 
How much guilt do you have on you? I think we may have a shortcut. To me? To you, eyeing you, and while I'm talking to you, I also hand you a red handkerchief and say, make sure this is very visible on you. Uh, it's greasy. Ugh. At this point, I've got like, um, my train is sort of tucked up into my corset in the back, still very modestly, but to try and keep it out of the gunk. And I just sort of tuck the handkerchief in too. So it's in the front, but it's like none of it's actually touching me. How much do you need? I mean, I have enough for for a, a very, a very quiet evening out. Nothing. I don't have anything extreme with me. And what would a quiet evening out cost? Oh, you know, probably somewhere around 500 gelt. Do not have that much gelt on me. Oh, I only need 150 of it. (laughs) Well, I can scrounge up about 50, but if pressed, I suppose I could do about 100. But, you know, between the three of us, I'm sure we could cough up about 50 each. I just look pointedly at the lady. I hand you a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are you contributing anything, Cordelia? Or you're just sort of like, you said 50, so here's the hundred. You, you said that you could scrounge up 50. I have not <laughs> offered any okay. money. So I take the hundred and add 50 to myself and say, All right, I just give me a couple of minutes. I know someone who knows someone. Let's see if we can get to save Constance soon rather than later. Couldn't we be waiting in the car while she's going in such a place? Do we have to be standing out here on the street? Why would you want to be in a car when you could be out here in the fresh night air down by the river? (laughs) Don't worry, princess. You'll be fine. (laughs) Golly, you uh, make your way into the public house where your leveler buddies and some even more radical revolutionaries are known to gather. So there are... Um, bits of red to be found on nearly everyone's person as you enter, but you make your way over to the table where you recognize Jordan. Jordan looks you up and down and asks uh, what sort of uh, information you're in the market for. I heard there is a doctor who has a lab down here. I would be interested in um, perhaps cutting a deal with the doctor. And I try to sort of almost use like like a thieves can't sort of way. And I mentioned Dr. Petrova. Let me just sort of make this, uh, uh, expedite the process and I pass the guilt bag. He weighs the, the coin purse in his hand and then kind of tucks it into his coat pocket and says, ah, yes, the, uh, the good doctor. It is believed that uh, she's been the one who's been supplying the more radical levelers with their alchemical elixirs that have given them the strength to overcome the monarchy. And they believe that she, all of these deals have been going down close to a warehouse that has quite the number of shipments with the royal army stamp upon it and it's the most out of place warehouse in this district so i wouldn't be surprised if that could be hers she's double dipping eh (laughs) helping the cause and uh dismantling it who knows what the good doctor's motives are all i know is that it's a 
place most people avoid. I don't like someone who who can turn on at a moment's notice, but perhaps we can't be choosy on how we uh, complete our cause. He nods and says, I hope that once you find her, you're able to make sure that she is sympathetic to our cause. Oh, I'll try. If she looks like she's going to turn on us, but she won't be an asset so much as a liability. He kind of nods gravely, takes another swig of his ale, and nods, possibly written down on a napkin for you, the approximate address of this particular warehouse okay. where he believes that a good doctor makes her lair. And I just take the napkin. And I say, like, say the goodbye, and and I return and go to Cordelia. You you see, Allison, you need to breathe through your mouth and not your nose. <coughs> you doing okay there, princess? <sighs> I've, I've, um, Cordelia, I don't know how you do this on a daily basis. Please tell me you have better information. I not only have better information, and I sort of roll the napkin with a flourish (laughs) like a banner to reveal the address, I know where we need to go. Can we take the car? Very good. Please tell me we can take the car. Can we take the car? Uh, Do do we want the element of surprise on our side, or do we want them to know we're coming? I think surprise will give us the edge. What? And perhaps... I think my vehicle is very standard. (laughs) Perhaps up there, milady, but not down here. <laughs> that contraption, no matter how nice it is, cannot squeeze itself into the width of a person. Yes, some of these streets you see are quite narrow. In fact, your bustle may have a difficult time getting through. Well, it's certainly coming with me. She plays a maid, she's got me under her spell. She plays a fighter whether I said to kill. We hope you enjoyed listening to episode 69 of She's a Super Geek. If you enjoyed what you heard, check out Genesis from Fantasy Flight Games. You can learn more about us at sasgeek.com. Find us on Twitter at sasgeekpodcast. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more music, tour dates, and merchandise at Kieran Strange on Twitter or kieranstrange.com. From this point forward, we will be returning to our every other Tuesday format. So join us in two weeks for our next adventure. Defenses.